We just come off of Oscar weekend, plus does Doctor Who redeem itself? All this and more on today's episode of the Geek Watch Podcast. This is the Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Mandy Petrie. Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 100 of the Geek Watch Podcast. Yeah, I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me, as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petrie. Hi, Brian. So, episode 100. 100. We've we've reached our centennial. Mm -hmm. So, this has been an exciting 100 episodes, and uh, of course, couldn't have done it without you for sure. So, but we've got a little bit to talk about today. We're, We're coming off of Oscar weekend. Oh, yeah. And, um, only a couple things I wanted to mention about it. Uh, one is the big surprise, of course, was Parasite took Best Picture. Right. Okay. I figured it would. Um, I figured it would probably take Best uh, Foreign, Foreign Film, film which, obviously, which it did. Mm-hmm. But it it got uh, you know it got uh, Best Picture. Best Picture, and there which, were like uh, of nine movies. I think there yeah. were a, there were a lot of lot up for Best Picture this year. Oh yeah, and uh, I mean the thing about it, of course, I, I, I we talked about it, I'd seen uh, Parasite and really enjoyed. Enjoyed it. I thought mm-hmm. it was really awesome, but yeah, the fact it gets best picture, gets best director, and uh, for someone who, of course, if you're a horror fan like I am, of course, he directed The Host and he directed Snowpiercer uh, with Chris Evans, and so seeing a horror writer do well is awesome, and, mm-hmm. and got best screenplay also, best wow. original screenplay. So. The movie scored big, which uh, I was glad to see, especially because, of course, this is going to be the this is the first film in Oscar history that wins Best Picture that's not an English speaking film. Huh. Okay. So first time ever. I mean, normally what you'd wind up having is these type of films get best foreign film, but because they're not, you know, English films, they don't normally get best picture, obviously. But this one did. And, you know, I'd posted online when I first saw uh, when I'd come out of the theater from seeing Parasite, I'm like, look, I get why that why this thing gets Oscar buzz. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing since we're into all things geeky, unfortunately, I do have to mention the fact that some people who are very geeky had a problem with uh, Parasite winning. They wanted Joker to win. And Aww. some people posted, uh, I-, I won't mention the person's name because I'm hoping he's taken the video down by now, Uh-oh. but he had a conniption fit of the fact that Parasite won and Joker should have won. Wow. And it's it's starting to go viral unfortunately. I'm hoping that this guy had um There's someone famous, someone who could No. No. Oh, okay. But mm-hmm. it was it was a very like I think the biggest issues about this that he was upset about because of course he wanted a superhero movie to win an Oscar and I get it. I mean it's like that you know Although, let's be honest, is Joker really a, a superhero movie? It's a comic book movie. It is not a superhero movie. Yeah. It is I mean, an it's anti-hero even, movie. Yeah, I, I, tangentially, it's it, it's uh, attached to a comic book, but not really. And But the other thing, too, is one of the things that this guy said was he was upset about the fact that, you know, here we had this movie about, you know, you know the issues with race and class and mental health and... And this other movie, Parasite, wins instead. And I'm like, okay, well, you've already admitted you've not seen Parasite. And that was the first thing he said. Is like, 
I didn't see Parasite. I don't give a crap about Parasite, but Joker should have won. Uh, uh, the other thing about it is if you'd seen Parasite, you would have known that this is a movie about about race and class and 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 mental uh, health and mental health uh-huh and as much as joker is and i i think i made the comment to you uh that uh parasite and joker would make very interesting double uh double feature really yeah huh. uh I, so okay now forgive me was parasite korean was yes it? okay south korean yes the main characters are this family of poor people that live in this basement, uh, live in a basement apartment mm-hmm. in a very poor part of town. And mm-hmm. the whole premise of this is that one by one, they're able to ingratiate themselves into this rich family. Okay. I mean, you know, even Koreans have a different language that you speak. You speak a, a different way in with common people than you do with people who are older than you or people who are a class above you. So it can really, you know, deal with oh, yeah. with classism. Yeah, and classism is a, is a huge theme in this movie. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely a part of that that film. Of course, I didn't expect this guy to know this. He didn't see the movie. <laughs> but, you know, it's one of, like I said, it's like I love fandom, but sometimes certain parts of fandom can get really bad. And this was one of those situations where somebody, they were like, oh, man, a comic book movie could get an Oscar, and that's going to, val- you know... And uh, got really upset because Joker didn't win. And I'm like, honestly, at at least for the Oscars, I think the fact that a movie like Parasite can get Best Picture. Mm -hmm. Like I said, if if there's any geek in you at all, the fact that a a horror director can win an Oscar for, you know, for a movie like this, you know, because. I don't remember for sure, but didn't either V for Vendetta or From Hell get Best Adaptation? Uh, they might have got best screenplay, but okay. the, but the, but honestly, the only real horror movie that I can think of, and and, and that's really a question, I would say, mm-hmm. the only real horror movie uh, that's ever won an Oscar uh, is Silence of the Lambs. Okay, but that's not but, uh, but as again, far as comic book movies go, right? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, too. It's like I don't really feel, and like I said, I don't want to, I don't want to belabor this point too too awfully much, but. For me, Oscars are kind of like wrestling belts in professional wrestling. You don't give, um, and here we're going to spoil this for you, but, uh, you know, wrestling is uh, staged. Okay, what? so people don't actually win those those belts, but you don't give a wrestling. Don't you say that. Yeah, but you don't give a wrestling belt to your best, uh, you know, your most popular wrestler. You give it to the person who needs that push. So comic book movies don't need to win Oscars. Uh, they win at the box office, and I don't think uh, a comic book movie getting an Oscar is going to, you know, is necessarily going to shut people up, or you know, or, or is going to make somebody who doesn't like comic book movies say, okay, well, we Stop have to going to comic book movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. that they're going to start, you know, that they're going to start, you know, appreciating them more or whatever. I, honestly, comic book movies don't need an Oscar. Really good movies that, you know, because the the characters aren't speaking in English they can benefit from getting an Oscar for sure. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this is, although it's not a horror movie necessarily, mm-hmm. um, it's got horror elements to it for sure. Is it more of like a, a whodunit sleuth kind of not, mystery? Not, not okay. really. I mean, like I said, it's, it's sort of a, it's sort of like a crime drama. Okay. Well, I haven't that, seen it, but I am a big fan of Korean dramas. So tell me, was there a scene dedicated entirely to ramen noodles? 
Uh, there is a there is a dinner scene. Let's say, mm-hmm. okay. uh, well, and ramen does take. There is a uh, there is a scene where they're eating ramen. Uh, yeah, where... it's it's usually in Korean dramas. Anyway, it is a, a plot point at some point of time. Uh, as somebody's uh, got to eat ramen. Ram, ramen, as they you know, ramen. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, there yeah. There's there's a there's a scene where that has to that that definitely takes place mm-hmm. for sure. But uh, I mean, it was a very interesting Oscar season. There was a lot. I mean, this that Oscar could have went anywhere, and I'm not upset at the fact that it went to um, that it went to Parasite because I thought it was an amazing movie. I hope that this allows it maybe to get back out in the theaters because I had to see it in a, a micro theater here mm-hmm. in Charleston. There's we have a one a, a micro theater. And uh, where they show them artsy films, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I'm glad I had the opportunity to see it, even in a micro theater. But I'd like to see it on a bigger screen for sure with a bigger audience. And hopefully, this you know gives it a chance to do that. So, but of course, you know, as far as Joker's concerned, because Joaquin Phoenix did get the Oscar and for best actor and absolutely deserved it, he acted his butt off in that film for mm-hmm. sure. So, it's not like comic book movies didn't get any kind of a nod at all. I mean, it was definitely there. So going on to movies, there is one thing I had to bring up because this was a weird weekend uh, for comic book movies and specifically for Harley Quinn or, mm-hmm. um, well, uh, Birds of Prey uh, and the fantabulous uh, emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Well, that the title's changed. They've <laughs> After this weekend, they changed the, chi- uh, the title of it to just Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey because they figured... The title was a little bit too complicated, maybe a little bit too cute, and I, I can agree with that for sure. But they also changed it because, well, it didn't do so well. Ugh. $33 million domestic. And this was when it was the only new film in theaters. Hmm. And, of course, you know, a lot of people w- were well invested in this film because, of course, you have a uh, – it's a f- all-female cast. Uh, obviously, there are male characters in the cast, but, I mean, the protagonists are all f- uh, female characters – Female screenwriter, female director, and um, of course they they said you know it's not as much exploit you know female exploitation you know you don't have Harley Quinn bending over so you can see her backside in this film it's more sympathetic to the female characters and not as you know not uh, you know as much exploitation and that sort of thing badass women characters kicking uh, kicking butt and all that. But the movie didn't do so well. So obviously this means that these type of movies aren't worth it. So go back to the mm-hmm. exploitation, right? I, I say that with a world of sarcasm. Because I know there are going to be people who say stupid things like that. Going, hey, you know, you know, this was a woke film, et cetera, et cetera. You know, that this, this was SJW stuff. And it's like, look, just because you've got women characters, you know, et cetera, that's not, it's not a SJW film. This is not... This is not some sort of a diversity thing. To be honest, and I would say that the issues that that Warner Brothers had with this film, besides the fact that maybe the title was a little bit too cutesy, people look at this movie and they're like, oh, this must be the sequel to Suicide Squad. I I saw Suicide Squad and I didn't like it. That had more to do, I think, with the the issues with the film than anything else because, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, and plus the fact that, I mean, if you look at the Marvel Cinematic, uh, not Marvel, but the DC Cinematic Universe movies, they, uh, as they've been going along, they've been making less and less money. Shazam was a good movie. It made less money than the movies before it. And of course, now we have the Harley Quinn film. And uh, it didn't do, it, it did even less business, mm. which makes me worry a little bit about what, the new Wonder Woman movie coming out. 
Although I did see this uh, a new picture of Christian uh, uh, Wig as Cheetah, which and she looks really she looks really good. I oh, think. Was she in costume? Yes, this time? she was awesome. all she I was all cheated. Mm-hmm. She was all cheated out, and uh, so I'm hoping this kind of turns the trend. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was like I said, it's like. There's a lot of people at this point now that are are trying to armchair quarterback what happened with uh, Birds of Prey. And I think, uh, like I said, it's going to be really easy to... And uh, it wasn't like it was an odd weekend because this was pretty much the weekend that Deadpool 2 came out, is it not? Yeah. I could... Yeah, I thought so. I was like, I could be wrong, but... So it's not an... It's not an odd weekend where people just aren't going. I think the second release of Spider-Man kind of did that when everyone was at Dragon Con. So that's where all the geeks were spending their money. Right. Um, The only thing that really happened was the Oscars were on TV. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not like it was last weekend. It was the Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. which would have killed a whole lot of things. But yeah, I mean, like I said, there's a lot of armchair quarterbacking going on right now. I've heard some critics say that it is very well that there is some man bashing and some man hating that goes on in it. I haven't seen the movie, so I can't I can't speak to that at all. The only reason why I, um I would even you know I would even entertain that maybe this happened is because I'm hearing some women critics say that that's the problems that they had with the film is that you know you you're kind of that there's like some man hating going on. Mm-hmm. But you know again. It's really easy to make those type of criticisms and accusations to films that, you know, seem to be very female centric where you have a female director and female leads and and, and a female screenwriter, you know, it's it's easy to it's easy to 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 paint it with that brush with, you know, uh and so I mean honestly, until I see it myself and and my plan is eventually to go see it for sure. But, you know, if you're, lo- I mean, it's like anything else. If you're looking for it, you're going to find it. I'm I'm going to check it out and I'm going to, you know, like I said, keep an open mind. If it's there, I'll definitely point it out. I mean, because, you know, when you look at like the, the 2016 Ghostbusters, you know, all the male characters were pretty stupid. Now, I'm not saying that this, they were necessarily, uh, you know, these were attacks on men in general, but, you know, but no, there wasn't one intelligent male character in the entire in you know in the entire movie so i didn't see it either uh just but my uh, my reasons were you know very you know shallow was that uh i would have much rather seen a gotham city sirens i would have rather seen catwoman and poison ivy and harley quinn you know uh being all uh ba and going out on the town and well, you know, you know, cleaning you're... up gotham and stuff like that or if it had been Birds of Prey, I want, you know, I want to start from the original, you know, with just Huntress and, oh, well, you know, you understand. Yeah, Huntress and Oracle and, right. yeah, exa- mm-hmm. and uh, Black Canary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? You're not the only person to say that. Mm-hmm. There was a, uh, you know, a Gotham City Sirens movie that, that Margot Robbie was working on, but they decided to go with the Birds of Prey movie instead. So, you know, again, that may have worked, it may work, have worked out a little bit better for sure. But uh, that's, I think part of, like I said, part of the issue is that Warner Brothers, they don't really have a direction right now with their, their superhero movies. They're not sure where they're going to go. They have been taking hit after hit uh, on these films. And to be honest, if it wasn't for the fact that Marvel is making tons of money on these films right now, I think Warner Brothers would have given up a long time ago. But there's just way too much money out there in the market for these kind of films 
for them to really give up. They're looking for that secret sauce. And I think at this point, they're still looking for it. They haven't quite figured it out yet, for sure. But I think part of it is going to be basically they're going to have to have some sort of a, a, a guiding light to help direct these films. I mean, they don't have a Kevin Feige, and they need to find one. Uh, they really do. But, you know, Kevin Feige's don't grow on trees. Uh, they just don't. Uh, so that's going to be, I mean, that's going to be the real thing. And plus, they again, they're going to need to figure out their formula, and they're going to need to find good people to uh, to direct and to write and, you know, let them do their stuff. I mean, because it's, let's be honest, it's not, it's not that Marvel hasn't had their issues with directors. I mean, you look at Ant-Man and, and uh, they lost a director for Ant-Man and, and had to, had to get somebody else. And they're doing this, they wind up doing the same thing with, uh, with uh, the Doctor Strange film. We talked about that before, that they they lost their director. Um, although the news, uh, if, uh, if the rumors are true, the person they're according to, uh, take over as director, Sam Raimi. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that. So, you know, it's a course correction that I think is going to be amazing. I mean, that, I'm definitely excited to see what Sam Raimi would do. I mean, of course he's, he directs horror, he's directed horror films, obviously. He also directed Spider-Man, you know, for Sony. And uh, there's a Doctor Strange reference in Spider-Man 2. So it's not like he doesn't like uh, Doctor Strange. And, he, of course, he said he lo- he loves Doctor Strange. So I think that would be a great replacement. So, um, But, you know, Marvel, they can do those course corrections. Warner Brothers right now, they don't know what they're doing. They're not sure how to, how to turn things around. And, uh, I mean, my hope is if they've left um, – Patty Jenkins alone to to make uh, Wonder Woman. I think it's going to be a good film. She's a great director for sure. Uh, just hopefully, maybe Wonder Woman can uh, turn things uh, turn things around. The new uh, you know 1984 Wonder Woman, but we will see. But of course, uh, everybody, we know what time it is. We're going to have to talk some Doctor Who. <gasps> Now, um, well, I could listen about the Doctor Who. I completely miss Doctor Who uh, because, and it's not because of any the ordinary reasons like I fell asleep or anything <laughs> like that. I, my cable went out. It was psychotic. No phone. No TV. No internet. Uh, it was. It was like it, living in the dark ages. And you know, I was reading a paper book like a savage. It was oh my psychotic. God. Yes. Holy! Mm-hmm. Ca- how did you survive? It was not easy. Oh, good lord! Well, we are going to talk a little bit of Doctor Who. Now, you haven't seen it, but you, of course, you said that you're not that worried about no, the spoilers. spoilers. Are fine. Now, but of course, for the-, the rest of you. Stop the recording. Right, because we are going to talk a little bit about... Go watch it. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and do that. You know who I'm talking to. Stop the recording. (laughs) There you go. In a real sense, I was uh, hoping to find out what you thought about this, because, of course, uh, last week, uh, you ripped last week's episode of Doctor Who, a new hole Mm -hmm. in the fabric of space and time. Right. So Mm -hmm. you weren't that that happy with it. And so I was hoping that this might... upon it. Yeah, so uh, I was kind of hoping that this would be the episode... That redeemed itself. Yes. Me too. I was hoping that too. So I still hope that. Yeah. I do. I still hope that. And I and I also do hope that that this uh, this episode redeems Doctor Who for you. But I have to say, um, I found last week's episode more egregious than the week before. You're kidding me. Now, no. Under- yeah. Oh no, BBC. What are you doing? Yeah. Well, what are you doing? But- 
understand this. I'm not saying that because, like I said, I mean, you obviously, I mean, you hated it more than I did. Yes. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't wowed by it, but I mean, you really had an issue with it. Mm-hmm. And the problem is with Can You Hear Me uh, as a writer, the, the mistakes that it made cut me to the core as a writer because mm-hmm. I mean, we'll. we'll We'll do just, like I said, I'll just give you basically a general plot. People, um, there's this really spooky, tattooed, bald guy that's appearing and uh, his fingers pop off and they, they plug into people's ears and he he siphons off their nightmares and gives them nightmares. So it's like a bogeyman type of a character. Boogeyman for you uh, Americans out there. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, so basically this character is some sort of a god. And mm-hmm. it was really, uh, uh, there are references made to the episode to the Celestial Toy Maker and the the Guardians, the Black Guardian, the White Guardian from old school Who. who. So mm, I, I enjoyed that. So so here we have the Doctor facing off with a god and this prison that's being held by two planets that are colliding with each other. So mm-hmm. uh, with this very intricate lock system, etc., and... This mad dream god is basically siphoning off nightmares to pump into this prison. So Orpheus? In a sense, I think. Okay. But, you know, not Orpheus by name. But uh, so there is this, something is in this prison, this female character, and these nightmares that this that this dream god is stealing, he's basically pumping into her brain. So the doctor gets this idea, well, you know, why, you know, why... Is this one character torturing this other character? I, I need to get this woman out of here, right? So that's basically our, 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 our plot at this point. So here's the issue I had. This is a very intricate prison that's using, I mean, literally planetary forces to keep it closed, okay? The first thing that I thought is like, you know, what reason is, is this being in a prison? Obviously, this, char- th- this prisoner must be extremely powerful if it takes all this to keep them in prison, are they in prison for a reason? There might be a really good reason why this thing is locked up. But we never find out what that is. Oh, yes, we do. Oh, find, we do. Okay. Oh, we all absolutely right. do find out what that is. Okay. But the doctor, of course, doesn't look into it. She just releases this character and finds out, yes, she has, in fact, opened up uh, a Pandora's box because this other character is a, is also a god. And the god that was freed was given her nightmares because she likes them. Hmm. And basically these are two gods that these two worlds that had colli- that were colliding, they used to be just two separate worlds and these gods basically they're eternal. So of course, you know, when you when uh, as as the uh the male god said, the curse of being immortal uh is that you get to see all of the universe from the beginning to the end. And there's they're bored, so they entertain themselves with the nightmares of others so while she's trapped he's feeding her nightmares because she enjoys them okay and so they decide they're going to go to earth and and get everybody's nightmares at once and pretty much destroy the planet but apparently what had happened is they had made some sort of wager back in the past with these two planets to see who could destroy their person their planet quickest so these are like two evil characters right and that was the first thing that messed me up about this episode was there's something in writing known as an idiot plot. And the idiot plot is basically the plot is carried through because the character uh, or characters do something stupid. Okay. 
that's like you know in a horror movie where the where mm-hmm. the the heroine runs upstairs instead of out the front door, right? Right. Go inspect a strange noise. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so we have a basically what carries this plot and and develops everything is the fact the doctor just you know finds out there's somebody in a prison and decides to release them without any kind of you know any kind of thinking about it at all or is this a good idea? And even I was going, I don't know if this is a good idea. And of course, the minute that she's released and you find out, oh, she's a bad person. Of course she is. You know, that was the one. Like I said, it was it's an idiot plot. And that that bothered the heck out of me. The other thing that bothered me, and it's a minor thing, I I understand. And if it doesn't, you know, if it only bothers me or other writers, okay, that's fine. But there's, of course, you have the scene where the where the doctor is is. tied to this equipment that uh that all these other characters are bound to right she she her arms are bound over her head with metal brackets right and um there's a scene where they where you know uh, you see one of her nightmares which happens to be uh, again the timeless child so now we get this kind of a nod to the timeless child but she needs to free herself but her sonic screwdriver is in her is inside her coat pocket and so we get the most ridiculous scene I've ever seen in in Doctor Who history. This this scene where she she jumps up and the sonic screwdriver flies out of her pocket and into her hands hmm. for her to use. Okay, which is done in a cut scene because there's no way you could make this happen even if you faked it. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous thing ever, and it's she basically frees herself using the power of lazy writing. <laughs> I mean, literally, that's what it is. You couldn't fake this scene and make it work. I mean, if you'd have put like, for example, I guess if you wanted to, if you wanted to show the scene, you know, you could maybe tie a fishing line uh, around the screwdriver and pull it up into her hand. But it, that wouldn't have worked because it would have hit her in the face. There's no way that happens. It's so ridiculous. And of course, they have to do it as a cut scene because even in CGI, how do you make that? I mean, there's no way to make that happen. It's completely ridiculous, and it, it's it's so obviously lazy writing. They needed to get her out of this situation, and a lot of people have complained about how the sonic screwdriver can be overused, you know, as a plot convenience. And sometimes I agree with that, and sometimes I, you know, I think that it's just, you know, it's easier to deal with certain situations by using the sonic screwdriver instead of dwelling on something that you know that's not important to the story. But that being said, this was just absolutely ridiculous that she's going to be able to kind of jump up a little bit and this thing flies out of her inside pocket, out of her coat and literally perfectly into her hand. It's ridiculous. Uh, like I said, maybe it bothers uh, it bothers me more than it would bother somebody else. But, yeah, it's just it's so jarring because, again, it's it's a it's a it's basically a jump cut because there's no way you could actually show that happening. There's you know, you couldn't fake it. There's you know. So you just have that moment of a jump cut where it was in her pocket. She kind of jumps up a little bit and suddenly it's in her hand. And it's like, oh, come on, people. I mean, honestly. And not to say I, I completely, 100% totally hated this episode. But like I said, when you have something that's basically an idiot plot, you know, you have silly things like this to, uh, you know, silly bits of lazy writing to get people out of situations. Yeah. I, yeah, I had issues with this. Uh, I had issues with this uh, this episode for sure, and uh, you know, like I said, I don't want to I don't want to belabor this, but uh, you know, like I said, I, I 
as much as I needed the, I really wanted this episode to redeem things for you. I, I don't think this is going to be the one to do it. Ugh. Cause like I said, I had, I definitely had issues with it. I mean, it's a shame you don't have like, it's a shame there's not like a really good writer out there who could have, you know, given you maybe a, a better episode. Yeah, like a legacy writer. Yeah, you know? I, I just wish that was, mm-hmm. uh, somebody could be out there. Someone, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. if it's just possible. A great horror sci-fi yeah, writer. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a shame that's just, you know, mm-hmm. that that's, they don't have Endorsed that Endorsed by other great horror yeah. and sci-fi writers. Yeah, yeah. that would have that would have helped, I think. Mm-hmm. So, but we, but it is what it is. But I mean, certainly, uh, if you do get a chance to see it, you know, maybe we'll touch on it a minute next week or so. Mm-hmm. And, and you can, you, although I've probably, in a real sense, I think I've poisoned the well for you <laughs> at this point. I'll you, still watch it. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, that's the thing. It's like, uh, I, I wonder how you're going to feel about, uh, about the episode now that I've kind of trashed it a little bit. But yeah, I really did have an issue with it just because of that situation. But, uh, you know, of course, next week, you know, the doctor and pals travels to that very important meeting, you know, where uh, Mary Shelley and her friends create, yeah. you know. So Lord Byron's party. Yes. That, yeah. Lord Byron's party. So we get that. We will get that moment where they're put in the middle of creation of Frankenstein. And I think that honestly, although it's going to be the it's going to be the last episode before the two parter, although I really feel like. In the uh, the tenant era, when we when the master came back, where it was a two parter, but it was really a three parter because the first you know the first part of it basically kind of developed you know into the two parter. I think this is going to be that situation. Okay, I have a feeling that Frankenstein is going to be uh, inspired by the Cybermen. Perfect. I think that's I think, uh, and so that's where we're going to see the uh, the lone Cyberman. Mm-hmm. Don't and, give him what he wants. Yeah. yeah, which I have a feeling the Doctor is going absolutely going to give him what he wants. Although I have been hearing that, you know, that there's going to be an epic space opera sized battle for the for the season finale. But I think this this episode, the ones coming up is going to be what sets everything up for the the two parter, the the season finale two parter. But uh, we will uh, uh, we'll see. But like I said, uh, I'm hoping that things get a little bit better because these last two episodes were kind of rough for sure. But uh, we still have three left. And then, of course, uh, as we see them, we'll definitely talk about it here. So uh, with that said, thank you for uh, listening uh, to episode 100. Can you believe it? It's been 100 episodes. 100. Thank you all for listening all through the the months and, and years that we've been doing this. And I'm very proud of the fact that we've been able to now do 100 episodes. But Again, thank you for listening and tune in next time for the latest in geek news and views with the Geek Watch podcast. From Andy Petrie, this is Brian Hatcher, reminding all the Geek Watchers out there, we're all geeky about something. Be proud of yours. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Geek Watch podcast. If you enjoyed this program, don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred platform and share this podcast on your social media. For links to all the ways you can listen to the GeekWatch podcast, as well as leave comments and suggestions, visit our website at geekwatch.net. The GeekWatch podcast is a Hanging J production.